What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. And today we have a very special guest that I'm very excited about. Uh, his name is Tony Tillman. Um, he's an actor, a singer, an activist, I would say. Uh, he is a near and dear friend of mine um, who I met through Nathan Chang, the one and only. Tony's worked on a ton of different musical productions. He's an actor, a singer, a performer. Worked with Lou multiple times. on multiple productions. And he genuinely is one of my one of my favorite people. When I see him, I get this big warm hug that I'm just like I look forward to when I see you. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Happy to have you here. Damn, Corey, what an introduction! <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yes, thank yeah. you. Absolutely. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. I know that you're a busy boy, and I know that you had a, a big Pride celebration this weekend, and we were talking about a little bit about that. Uh, what was the uh, what was the event that you went to? Um, so it was the Queer Liberation March, um, and yeah, it was uh, it was one of the most moving gatherings of souls and persons that I have ever been to. It was really cool. Um, I was telling you guys a little bit before, but it, it felt very different from a traditional pride parade. It felt very like just motivated from the heart. It, like people right. weren't there because they just wanted to come and do pride for the um, for the the vanity of it. You know, it wasn't for the gram. We didn't do it for the gram. You know, they it literally people were there in the face of a pandemic, um, because they felt like their hearts needed to be there, and you felt that. Like it, it was one of the most um, inspiring uh, marches and gatherings. Again, gatherings of souls that I have felt in New York City. Um, It was really cool. And to see it, no, I was going to say to see it, like, coincide with what's happening, you know, in in the country right now um, with Black Lives Matter, it was just, it just upped the ante that much more. Everybody was just that much more proud um, and excited to be there and support. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. You said it was very DIY. You saw, like, because normal, like, New York City Pride Parades are, like, just Full so out. over the top and like crazy. This you said there were like shopping carts and yes, this felt like it, I loved it. It felt <laughs> like very DIY. If like people were taking like shopping carts and decking them out with glitter and like using cardboard to make pieces. Some people use like they took their cars and just like spray painted their cars. It was like you again like it, we stripped down like all of the like. The money and the the yeah. the, the corporate sponsorship placement exactly like yeah. all yeah. that was stripped down and people were like I'm here because I need to be here I want to be here um, and that's it I remember I remember last year there was like uh, a bit of controversy around like there was uh, like a pride parade early in the day and a pride parade later in the day. And the, the one before was like where there were no floats. It was just about marching. And it, it, like the argument was like, 
We want to take the money and the corporate sponsorships and brand activations around Pride because it was some of the protesters of actual pride who are also part of the LGBTQ community felt that it was disingenuous for brands to like jump on board as a marketing Mm -hmm. opportunity that I thought was very interesting because there are a lot of brands that lean into that. Do you, do you have like a thought about that? Is that something that you've thought about at all? You know, to be honest with you, I am very on the fence about it because I have seen, we've all seen, the the power of influence when it comes to corporations jumping mm-hmm. behind um social issues right and i i hate to see any sort of social issue be turned into a, a tool to make money for someone but at the same time we've seen such a spread of um of information and knowledge through companies jumping behind things like black lives black lives matter <laughs> and jumping behind things like pride we've seen i mean we see it all the time in new york city um stores like lululemon i even saw um um a coach had done like a huge uh, uh it, like spray painted mural on their storefront on fifth avenue um for pride and like you know to see all these companies get behind it 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 makes you question what what, what's Mm -hmm. motivating sure the decision to do it but i can't doubt or take power away from the the people that that is also touching Right. Yeah. That's kind of like the thing with it for me as a, I'm like, I love that it's getting the attention. So like, I feel like it's for the people who are like maybe living in a bubble that like just are fans of coach. Now all of a sudden this brand that they like is getting behind black lives matter and the LGBTQ. It's like, maybe it opens their eyes up a little bit. So like on one hand you like corporate sponsorship could be good for raising awareness. And then you like are kind of questioning, which Exactly. Where does it stop? Like, right. at which yeah. point does it like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what I, I think we've seen that a lot with the Black Lives Matter movement is a lot of companies are coming out and saying things. And like, I was listening earlier to, um, or excuse me, I was watching something earlier from The Bachelor, which is one of my non-guilty, guilty pleasures. And <laughs> they just, they just announced their first, they've had a Black Bachelorette before and they just announced their first Black Bachelor. And everyone's like, this is great, but the timing is like, mm, right. like exactly. is this going to last? Yeah. Exactly. And only and time will tell. Exactly. And that's, that is exactly where I'm like, that's why I say, I mean, I'm on the fence. Because to yeah. me, it's like, anybody can show up. But when it comes down to actually, like, what is going to be the long-term commitments that we make to ensuring that these brands, that these companies, that these corporations are going to put their money where their mouth is and actually Mm -hmm. implement things like uh, cultural sensitivity training within um, their work structure? Are they going to start reaching out to more brown queer people for their social media are they going to start hiring a more diverse um catalog of models for their campaigns are they going to start making clothes for people with with larger body types like that's where i'm like okay yeah what i it's great the storefront's great i love to see the support but now what what you going to do it's so funny because this year during Pride, like, you know, we have, we're talking about how last year there was like this juxtaposition of like this counter movement to Pride based on like the purity of it. 
And this year you have major retailers pulling advertisements from Facebook because of all of the, all of the like, you know, spreading of disinformation, uh, disinformation and hate speech on Facebook. So it's kind of like this weird, like all of these major advertisers are also pulling money from the largest marketing platform on the planet in protest because of the policies that this company has that are, that are racist and that are targeting people. Um, I think that like the pride for as much like as it could be difficult for people to accept that are not like open-minded, the conversation is so much larger now, like nationally about just like all of the things that are going on. And it's, I mean, it's kind of powerful that like last year they were like, oh, all these people are trying to get into advertising. Now people are pulling from racist websites. Exactly. You know, so I feel like at the same token of like, is it okay to have corporate sponsorship? I feel like the answer is it's a twofold, like kind of like what you said, like you're like, I, I, I don't necessarily love it, but I, if it raises the cause, you kind of have to like, there's like an ebb and flow of that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and it, it, it is hard, especially like, I, like I just start, I, I had a conversation with a friend um, a couple of days ago I was talking about like uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter has kind of been like getting me down a little bit yeah. because I have been feeling like I've only been resharing. I've been resharing a lot of what um, other people have already posted. And I was talking to my friend, I was like, I just feel really frustrated about it because I'm resharing, I'm not creating or producing my own content. It's making me mm. feel a bit disingenuine about how involved I am in this right. thing. Yeah. And at the same time, I know that most of the people who follow this black queer person probably already agree. You know, yeah. most of the people that are following on Instagram and Facebook yeah. are, y'all get it. So yeah. it was, it's, it is a bit like, you know, you, you want to be able to reach people who aren't already involved in the conversation. Yeah. Well, I want to, I think, sorry, I want to talk about this because one of the reasons that we wanted to talk to you is because I had, we got, I got an amazing email. Amazing. Very extensive. That you worked on that we read out loud on our last pod, on one of our podcasts. And like, I just have to tell you that like, it was so well written and so well thought out and articulated in addressing, you know, how we as cis, white people you know what i mean like it was really yeah can help like educate ourselves and and our family members and it was like so beautifully written and i and i know how beautiful of a person you are but like when i read that i was like fuck dude like i need to have more conversations with this person about not just this but like life in general like i always love hanging out with you but like it was so profound to me and it really touched me in a way that was like i don't know i just i i felt like you cared you know what I mean? Like enough to like put together this beautiful document. That's like a ton of a pages. Lot of like it was just so cool. That's the thing is like, and like I said, like I I was starting to like really beat myself up because the thing that it took me a really long time to understand throughout everything that's happening right now in the world that everybody grieves differently. You know, everybody processes everything that's happening globally right now in a different way. 
whether we're talking about COVID, whether we're talking about BLM, whether we're talking about um, the queer liberation movement, whatever it is, there's a lot of pain going around right now and everybody grieves and processes that pain differently Mm -hmm. and everybody channels it in a different way. Some people are like, I'm stuck inside, I gotta create. I wanna create. Some people are like, I'm not inspired to create from being stuck in, stuck inside. Right. You know, yeah. some people are, um, I want to get out and march. Some people don't feel comfortable getting out and marching right now. Yeah. So we have to figure out, but we all have a responsibility to keep the conversation moving forward. Yeah. So instead of beating ourselves up for not doing it the same way we see our friends doing it or not doing it the same way we see people on Instagram doing it. Or, you know, there's this pressure where you're like, everyone else is at this vigil or is at this march and I have to be there too. I have to be doing what everyone else is doing to grieve this thing or to um, show support for this thing. Yeah. But really, you just have to show up, keep the, the momentum of this conversation going and figure out which way you grieve. Figure out which way you want to show your support and your allyship. Um, And actually through my um, company, I work for um, a beauty company called Daviness. And it was, with everything that's happening right now, our HR manager was like, how do we get involved in this conversation as a company? Mm -hmm. Like, what do we do as a corporation to... In, in our way, um, not only show that this company is backing this cause, but also how do we start to infuse this within our work culture? How do we start to infuse this um, within the way we communicate to each other, within the way we create products, within the way we cast for our social media, within how do we seek this conversation into our bread? And... Um, that's this the conversation of creating this document was birthed out of that um, that need for us to kind of figure out well we can't just have a blanket you know we can't just say okay well everybody who works here get involved this way y'all got to get out yeah. and do this it's right. like no we gotta if if we want coworkers to be more enlightened about this issue about these topics if we want them to feel more inspired to get out and help and and inform and, and keep, again, keep the momentum going, then we got to give them more than one option. We got to yeah. give them more than two options. Um, wow. You know, for some, yeah. again, some people, it's, it's donating. For some people, I don't have the funds to donate. So it, it can't stop there. If you don't have the funds to donate, yeah. you got to figure another way out. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I, I want to acknowledge your, your feelings and concern of like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing enough because I think a lot of people a lot of people feel that way. I know that I do. And I've had conversations with some of my white friends is like, I don't, I don't know if I'm posting enough. I don't know if I'm posting too much. I don't want to be like too saturated. I don't, you know, and, and also like, you know, it's, it's, I also see the struggle in people who have small businesses and like need to keep doing the things they need to do to keep their business alive, but also keep showing their support because there was this meme or picture, I guess, going around of um, some of the different past Black Lives or um, movements that have happened of like the bus protest, you know, happened this many days, the marches led by Martin Luther, let, you know, it took this many days, like it can't just be a week and then you're done. Yeah. And, and I know that a lot of people are also 
putting things around. Like it can't just be you post things on Instagram. Like it has to be more than that. And I know that at first there were some times where I would see some of my, my white friends and I would think like that th- that they weren't posting anything on Instagram made me assume they weren't supportive of the movement. And I, I hate that I had that thought and I had to check myself and remind myself that yes, everybody is going to do things differently because I don't feel comfortable going to a march right now because we're in a pandemic that's spread, you know, the virus is spread through air and, you know, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. But I do feel comfortable showing my support, donating to um, companies and whatnot. And um, so I, I do think it's important that we don't, you know, jump to judgment and conclusion. And I'm also saying this, for myself as well um because everyone is gonna do things differently and we had a conversation with um our other friend tony who is also black um and he Corey was saying like i just don't know how i can be the best ally and we kind of had this conversation of like you have to figure out what's best for you and as you just said like maybe that's silently reading books or listening to podcasts or maybe that's marching maybe that's donating maybe that's talking to your other white friends and family members that's the most important (laughs) y'all yeah that's the most important yeah and also just like yes yes yeah and we went we went to a, a peaceful protest um sit in at a park in uh mccarran park in williamsburg and um it was mostly white people and at first we thought well we want to be with uh we want to be marching and be be protesting with them but then i thought well no this is so beautiful that it's mainly white people like showing all of their support it was it was really, it was, and they spoke to us in the crowd that way. It's like, and they, y'all they are like, white. You guys are very white. <laughs> this is what you need to know. And like, let's talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> so it was I, really powerful. I, that, that to me is what one of the, the highlights of this moment in time is it's the first time that we've seen in this country's history such a diverse mm-hmm group of people fighting for black people yeah fighting for black lives yeah it's the first time we've seen in our history and i mean there were white people during um during the civil rights movement that Mm -hmm. there there were but not like they're not like this not like today like this is this is a truly monumental moment in american history and i i really like I think that one of the biggest deficits to what has prevented that is I think a lot of white people are afraid to get involved in the conversation. I think that there's a a bit of a lack of ownership. You know, I mean, we can go into detail of, you know, white guilt or, but there's a bit of a lack of ownership over this story because this is hundred percent. Yeah. You know, this is not just my story. This is not just a black story. This story also involves you. Yeah. And it, I mean, like I used to, I'll never forget. I used to get upset with a a good friend of mine whenever like a new uh, quote unquote uh, black cinema film would come out like um, 12 Years a Slave or... um, um, thirteenth, um, thirteenth, all of these movies that are, um, you know, color purple, yeah, like co- right, quote yeah. unquote, ebony cinema. I'm like, 
I don't need to be, every, every time I would go, you know, the entire audience is people of color. And I'm looking around like, we're not the ones that need to see this. Why do people not see this? And you, I don't, I don't think I've ever been in a theater and had that experience of being able to look around and go, okay, we're all learning about ourselves today. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we project movies like um, Birth of a Nation on Black people. That is a movie about the birth of a nation that we all belong to. Mm -hmm. The yeah. thing that, were, that we were subject to was not, it, 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 it wasn't us on us. Like that's, it, it, it's your story as well. And yeah. if you dissociate yourself from that, we are never going to be able to really move forward. And I finally see white people having, um, putting pride aside, putting fear aside, and really getting involved in the conversation and educating themselves on themselves, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like, we've, we've done, like, I mean, we've done a deep dive uh, on ourselves and our own family because we have family members that are like all lives matter, which has been like really difficult, you know? I mean, you know, you know me pretty well and like I'm about as liberal as they come and in, in my family, I'm the wacko like on the left, you know? And well, I mean, just, it's just our parents' generation. I think I'm, I'm very thankful that I have very liberal parents. Yeah, her as parents well, are very liberal. I'm so, I'm so thankful that my parents and I share almost the exact same political views. So I can have very open conversations with them and we agree there's not a lot of headbutting. Um, but for example, like uh, a couple days ago, I was talking with my family member who, who has opposing viewpoints, let's just say on this whole black lives matter movement. And I was just like, dude, like I know nothing. I literally know nothing about where you're coming from. I don't know anything about where you voted. And I was like, I would just like to know. I promise to like, I won't say anything. I just want to listen. I want to know like, because I- it's Where be your beliefs are. Because, because I also think the, so I'm just going to interrupt for just a quick second. I also think it's a little bit of ignorance. Like I don't think that person, I don't think they understand what they mean when they say all lives matter. And it's just a chance to yeah. hear their point of view because they could be saying, all lives matter for the wrong reason. And then yeah. we can help educate them as to why. Well, I, I, yes and no. Okay. I feel like, <laughs> I, yes and no. But I, I basically was like, I'm trying to come at this as like, I want to hear where you stand. And like, because I believe that the way we change minds and we change hearts is through having an understanding of the argument. Absolutely. Yeah, and like absolutely. just presenting better ideas as to like yeah. why you're wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and, like, and, and, and half the time... And that's what I mean about the, the importance of taking ownership over this story and educating ourselves because half the time we're regurgitating something we've heard with no actual backing to why we're saying it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. To me, when somebody says all lives matter, you don't understand the historical context of us saying black lives matter. Right. You don't understand yeah. the history of... of where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. You don't understand uh, the, the, the system that has produced this idea that black people don't matter. And right. it's evident, it's, it's ev I mean, it's, our yeah. culture is soaked in it. Yeah. I mean, like you could go like down a hole, you, 
You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. I, I mean yeah. we, could sit, we could sit here for days and go down in every nook and cranny in which uh, the oppression of people of color in this country is it, it, how it rooted this country is in that. And if you don't understand the history of things like the police force, if you don't understand the history of things like blackface, if you don't understand the history of things like, um, like uh, the structure of our jail system, if you don't understand where a lot of these things came from, what started these things, these institutions, then you're, gonna, you're not gonna understand why this an entire group of people feel disregarded why an entire race of people feel unrepresented yeah uncared for unloved yeah. by a nation that we have worked for generations yeah yeah or you know a nation that we have loved for generations of a nation that we have fought to be a part of to be included and equal within for generations people have lost thousands have lost lives for what we're talking about like this isn't you know we're not just yeah. saying black lives matter just to just to have something to hashtag or to tweet like we're not just yeah. saying black lives matter because it has a ring to it like we're yeah. saying it because it doesn't matter that's the point yeah. Yeah. it does not matter to the yeah. soil that we that these two feet are planted on it has not yeah. i think i do uh, first of all uh i just got chills listening to you to to how passionate you are and i feel I, I i find myself getting angry when i'm talking to people like that i know that believe in this like all lives matter mindset because i just wish there was a way for me to impart the uh, like like hey <laughs> think about it a different way motherfucker like yeah. i can't just <laughs> i just want to look at somebody and go what the heck duh what do you talk what what <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like we. So we. So what? What millions of people are are fighting for is for everybody else to just die. Black people stand and black people only. Is that really what you think we're all fighting for? <laughs> yeah. We're all grouping together for is <laughs> to be like everybody else die. Like, no, duh. No. Like, yeah. Point, all lives yeah. should matter. All lives yeah. don't in this particular yes. moment right. in time. Yeah. And right. that's that's the point. And again, yeah. if you don't see it. Open your eyes, boo. Yeah. If you if you think that millions of people are out here marching and fighting and screaming and crying and raising fists and raising voices and gathering through the face of a pandemic, through the face of, of everything that we're going through right now, if you think that we are really fighting through all of that for nothing, open your eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Search for it. Figure it out. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's right in front of us i don't know how many more videos people can can post i, know. I don't know how many times so that uh, i don't know how many times we can you know say go watch 13th or how many times you know um yeah how many more people of color need to stand on the pulpit and go yeah please see me please yeah. see us please hear us please before somebody realizes oh wait that person must not be getting hurt Right. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, otherwise, yeah. again, thousands have lost their lives for yeah. this cause. Yeah. yeah. Something and it's, yeah. 
It's it's also hard when the administration is you know posting <laughs> videos that say white, white power. power, like girl, what the yeah. fuck, yeah, girl. <laughs> that is so concerning, and it yeah. should be concerning for us all. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. should be a concern for every American. That was. I couldn't, and it's so it's, I so, believe, it's I mean, so sad that it's not a concern for every American because there are Americans out there that are applauding him, which is just disgusting. But I I wanted to just say two things, and then if we want to veer into um, the idiot in chief that we have, I'm happy to <laughs> I'm happy to chat about him. Um, but I was listening to a podcast and hearing you say like how many more videos, how many more black people have to lose their lives, how many more people have to die for this fight. Um, I was listening to a podcast and one of the hosts who is black and it was um, a black and a white woman who have this podcast together and they were having this really deep conversation. And one of them, um, the black host said, I just think that it's a heart issue. Like if it's not in your heart, I can't, I'll shove all the information I want at you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. until you fix what's in your heart, like I can't, like I can't mm -hmm. help you. And mm -hmm. that was sad to hear. It's like, yeah, I know that's true, but I just didn't want to hear it. Um, yeah. But, and then I was listening to a different podcast and they were saying, you know, it's not about, it's not about taking away from anyone. It's not about taking away from any, community. It's about giving to all the different communities that don't have the same privilege as white people do. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's a really powerful way to communicate to people who maybe would say all lives matters or who would say like white power. Like it's, it's about making it an as equal of a playing field as we can. And I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, there's, it's just not. And yeah, I'd like to say one more thing and then I want to kick it over to you, uh, Tony, but like, um, we were talking to a friend and basically, um, they were having a conversation and they were like, you don't understand, like for white people, when you get pulled over, like it's a pop quiz, mm -hmm. when people of color get pulled over, it's a final exam. Right. Oof. And I was say like, that, say that one more time for the people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, yes. it, uh, it's like super upsetting that yeah. that like you know that is even a fucking thing like yeah you and know? It's, it's also sad because like we would never think that because of the color of our skin yeah these are conversations that unfortunately start very young for people of color mm -hmm. you know i very vividly remember going into stores with my mother and her telling me, you know, don't touch anything. Stand up straight, act this way. When we go in here, don't you touch anything. You know, we are, we are reminded of our blackness quite often as a person of color in this country. Yeah. White people are very seldomly reminded of their whiteness. And if they are, it is not in a damaging way. It's yeah. usually either in a humorous, or an uplifting way, in fact. But for people of color in this country, we have never been able to forget the fact that we are Black. I, I heard a quote the other day 
that said, justice is what love looks like in public. Wow. And until we are able to love one another in public, out loud, freely, openly, without judgment, without fear, there will never be justice. Mm. I wholly, I, I completely agree with your friend. I, you can shove facts down, you know, in someone's head all they want. Again, because the information is here. The information yeah. is out here. We didn't, it's not new information. Mm -hmm. You know, but until your heart wants to accept the reality, mm -hmm. there's nothing I can tell you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> my mom used to, they, my mom used to have this joke when we were growing up about like, she's she gonna hate me for saying this. She used to say like, <laughs> she used to be like, you know how some people just get on your nerves and it's like, they, they just get on your nerves and you just don't know why. And you just could, they could just be chewing gum the wrong way. You're just looking at them from across the room like, ooh, I hate when she chew that gum. Ooh, she get on my nerves. And there's no reason, but your heart is closed and they just get on your nerves. <laughs> and like, and they are doing nothing to you. They are living their life freely. But there, if your heart is that open and you want yeah, to yeah. see this person that way, they will get on your nerves every single time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And until every, all of us, mm -hmm. until white people start to open their hearts to being able to hear us and see us and feel us, we will never have justice. No, absolutely. Um, I wanna, I wanna have you kind of talk to me about, um, you know, everything that's happened over. I mean, I don't even know how long this has been, the last couple of weeks. Do you see positive? What positives do you see coming out of this? Like, we spent a lot of time on like, you know, kind of the the things that are going wrong. Do you see any positives at all? Like, oh, what do you, sure. what do you take? Like, what, do, what, what, how can, how can you gather some comfort? At, you know. Uh, from all of the things that are going on? What are you seeing that's changing your mind about the way things are going? For sure. Like, I, one of the, the comforts that I've had, I've had so many uncomfortable conversations with friends recently. And that is so beautiful to me. As a, as a 30-year-old man of color, I've had white friends, and we've never had the conversation. You know, we've never had, we've never been faced with the conversation, but it has been really moving to, to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, I, and I, I think that's the start, like that's the seed, is that we all just need to drop the veil and just start getting comfortable being uncomfortable with each other, mm -hmm. having these kinds of conversations taking responsibility for being a part of the conversation. And I, and I, I say that because that's, that to me is the foundation of change. Of, uh, because many laws have been passed. You know, at one point I was only three fourths a person. You know, like many, at one point you didn't have the right to vote. Many laws have passed and many laws will continue to pass. I have faith in that. As long as yeah. we keep having these uncomfortable conversations, as long as we keep speaking truth, and as long as we keep affecting each other, I have faith that the right things will follow, the right dominoes will fall, 
I'm not necessarily looking for out of this. I mean, things do need to change. There are things that we need immediate change in, in, in certain areas of the way um, certain infrastructures are structured in this right. country. Um, but personally, I think we need to rewrite a lot. Of, we need to go back to the, the Bill of Rights, honey, and, and start fresh. We need to rewrite because it was written from a certain energy. It was written from a certain perspective. Old white guys. An yeah. old, it was old white man. A certain voice, old white man. And we need to, it was written without my consideration. And, I, exactly. and it will never consider me if, if that energy still sits on our foundation yeah. in that yeah. way. Yeah. So I, I really, just to go back, like I, I'm happy that everyone is getting involved and in taking responsibility for being a part of this conversation that's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, what you guys are doing right now, like this is so important. This is so important. You know, there are so many people in this country that, you know, or even like we use this excuse for our parents. We say, well, they don't know. You know, we say, well, they were taught this. Or we'll, um, or, or our grandparents, oh, it's fine that, you know, that my grandma's a little racist because she just didn't know. It's how she grew up. It's not an excuse anymore. We're all right. talking. Yeah, you, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like, as long as we, as long as this ball keeps rolling, as long as we keep, getting comfortable being uncomfortable. I have faith that. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I think, I think, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I, I do. I love that. There's like a hopeful outlook. I think one thing for me that I've noticed is that like for a very long time, and I would say since world war two, right. Since the Americans came in and like one world war two, there's been this idea of like American exceptionalism without the basis of being exceptional. And I think it's, it's kind of, um, you know, you have these like people that are like patriotic and they're like, oh, America is the best country on earth. Oh, my granddad fought in World War II. It's like, but like, but, but, but what have, like, what have you done to make this place better? <laughs> and so a lot of these people are like living with this idea that America is this exceptional place and we're the best. And it's like, we have not been, we haven't been putting up putting up the numbers or the ideas or the, yeah, there's the so infrastructure many ways. to be this, the greatest country on earth. We there's, are not the greatest yeah. country on earth right now. We have there's fucked up. There's so many ways that America is so behind on so many things. I and mean, the idea that we're arguing, I mean, like, and I don't want to get into like too much, like the idea that we're arguing that like, should we wear masks is like, you're not oh the greatest country God. on earth. If you're arguing whether or not <laughs> science matters, you know? So like, <laughs> so right, like and, this, and we we keep patting ourselves on the back if we take an inch if we right. we, step, yeah. we take an inch and we're like oh we're awesome we did that yeah we did that when other countries have been taking leaps bounds cars yeah. and auto planes trains and automobiles I mean and it's crazy it's crazy to me like if you if you show a Nazi flag in Germany you go to fucking jail like you show a Confederate flag end of story. And you'll get a cookie right yeah. exactly like, yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, there's so much that I, I just, I feel, I mean, I love America, right? I was born here. I think it's a great place, but like, there are so many, like, it feels like every week I'm just like more disappointed in the things that are happening. But I do feel like having these conversations with people like you that I like love and care about and respect and like honor and value their, their values and like their opinions 
and 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 like having these conversations out in the open which i'm guilty of not having straight up like i'm owning that for sure i think it's it's uh, a good spotlight on the dark places of my consciousness and like um i just i am feeling this like non-american exceptionalism right now and mm -hmm. it's i want to be an advocate for change in a way that's like positive and like and, let's and that's like oh i love it like that's exactly what i mean by like dropping the veil this i veil love that of, line i love that this, know, yeah yeah like this facade of you know it's everything's great while the house is burning you know like we you can't you can't ignore this because you're not faced with it every day. Right. Yeah. You can't say this is not important um, to my my life's journey because I don't necessarily face it in my journey every day. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have to be active participants in this. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, dude, I got goosebumps like several times while you were talking. <laughs> yeah. Like... I think it's so funny talking yeah. about like being like America being the best and whatnot. And I'm like, I've never really been a huge 4th of July person. Like it's just never really, uh, never, it's a holiday, it's a holiday. You know, I am using air quotes that I've never really connected with. And I think it's really interesting that it's, you know, we can't really do much about this holiday because of COVID living in New York. But also, I feel like I don't even really want to celebrate. Right. I was just having that same conversation with a friend literally right before this call. Yeah. Um, he, he was saying the same thing. He was like, I'm really not feeling very patriotic today. Yeah. It's really hard, too, yeah. because, like, I, I mean, I want to love my country. I want to love where I live. But, like, dude, like, if I'm being perfectly honest, like, I'm, in, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, and like, I also I'm think genuinely that... genuinely embarrassed since, about what's since going on. Since this is the first time, I think, in, like, at least our our generation's history that we've really really known about Juneteenth and having the black community say like that's our independence not fourth of July yeah. it also feels like maybe we need to just make fourth of July a different holiday like cool we're all that's it's something on its own but maybe moving the truth you know I'll just for, right. quote unquote fourth of July oh, freedom, to June, right. to June the June. truth yeah. of freedom to June right. yeah. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, yeah, interesting. I know I completely agree. And I, I it's so it's it's I, I don't think it's a coincidence. You and I mean that in terms of like, you know, I don't know what people believe in, but just the but the energy of right now is yeah. so telling. Like the fact that this movement happened across Juneteenth, the fact that it's happening across the 4th of July, mm -hmm. the fact that it's happening um, during COVID, you know, we have yeah. to, in a time where we have to sit and deal with, with these issues, where there's yeah. nothing to distract us from, exactly. from issues of social justice. The fact that it happened over, over Pride weekend, I, I think it's something about the energy of now. Yeah. It's yeah. like everybody get involved. The fact that, you know, I'm currently wearing a black trans lives matter t-shirt on my yeah. body. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the, we, it's cause it's all. Yeah, it's the this, same this, thing. Yeah. There's a through line here, but we need yeah. to kind of reevaluate all of these things that we, that have been so clean to us, like the yeah. 4th yeah. of July. There's, there's, we need to start reevaluating and challenging these ideas, these concepts that we've like 
that like you were saying, Corey, that have this sort of uh, this sort of like American untouchable perfection associated with it. And it's not. We yeah. our our culture is littered with death and oppression and and misogyny and sexism and all of these things that that we've started to you know unearth and yeah put in front of people's faces um and it's time that we start to go back now and reevaluate yeah you know like you just said like it should we be you know jumping up and down for joy of the fourth of july you know i've i've to be honest with you I've, it's never really resonated with me as a person. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's never because it, my freedom didn't start there. It didn't right. start on that day. Yeah. And it hasn't. I haven't felt it yet. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't been able to, to, to know what that feels like mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. 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 When the whole movement started, I was questioning a lot like, you know, this isn't the first time that a black man has been killed or a black a person of color has been killed in a horrible way by a police officer like I wonder what is stirring this now and I totally agree with you and like it this is the right time for it to happen because we're in uh this is a pandemic and most of us are in lockdown like we have no other distractions and we can give it our full attention and we can give it more of our energy than we could before. And that's also like an excuse. Like I see that as an excuse as a white person, like there should not have been an, like it shouldn't have taken a pandemic for us to talk about this. But I, I do agree with you that it, it is like this perfect storm of all of these events happening that can just really elevate it and take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. Why people can't close their eyes anymore? Because yeah. it's, it's, you can't, you don't, again, we don't have the excuse of, well, I didn't know yeah. to, to not be a part of the conversation. You don't have yeah. the excuse yeah. of, you know, the, you're not able to, to uh, as I was saying before, like tune it out because it doesn't affect your day to day. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, dude, it's so true. I mean, like, and so one of the things that I keep coming back to is like, I've been in business with Nathan for a long time. And like some of the conservative family members I have are like, you're in business with a gay person. And I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, what? you know what I mean? So like, so I, I didn't dude, know that. It's I didn't crazy. Know that y'all, y'all face that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So like, so like when I, when like, for, so for me, this conversation that I've been having with my family members about gay rights is like now expanded to this like larger argument because like, you know, everyone wants to live in like their safe little bubble. And now I feel, I feel like I am more aggressive. I'm okay with being more aggressive. Yeah. I'm okay with being like, you are wrong. Here is why. Where before I was like sparing people's feelings, you know, I'm like no longer willing to just like, cause I bite my tongue like a lot because it's uncomfortable, you know? I think, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just, can I ask you, how does that feel? As a, I've like as a as a white person, when you hear people spewing things like that, and you bite your tongue, how does that feel? That's a great question. I, I oh, go oh. Ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> we almost said I go ahead at the same time. Um, it has. It's always like I remember. Um, 
when I like started college, I moved to a town that was a little bit more conservative than growing up in San Diego, which is a very liberal town. And like this was a time when people would say, oh, that's gay. And it always bothered me, but I never had the courage to say anything. And like I, I grew I dance with a lot of people that are gay and it's, I have a lot of really close friends that are gay and it's always bothered me. And I feel the same way as I do, like I've, when I hear people say bad things like racial slurs or stuff, it's always bothered me, but I've always had the, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make a scene. I don't want to push buttons. And there have been some people that if it's, you know, depending on the situation, I will have the courage to say it. But now I'm like, fuck that. I don't even, I don't care how this affects you because it's bigger than my feelings and your feelings. And I, I feel obligated and in, empowered also to say something. Um, but it's, yeah, it's I, I I also have the same feelings of Corey of like, you know, I, I think we're both people pleasers and we don't want to, you know, upset others, but it's just bigger. It's bigger than that. So, yeah, I mean, like for me, so I, I had my my like I was like on the path of leading conservative when I was in college, like I was hanging out like I was playing music in the church and like, you know, everyone was like conservative values and gay marriage is wrong. And I was like. Cause I was in the church. I was like, I was like, Oh, maybe my mind was being kind of led that way. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, one of Alex's friends, actually, uh, her name is Allie. Um, uh, she was like, the, the, the question changed my life. She was like, why do you believe what you believe? Mm. And I was like, because that's how my parents taught me. And I was like, mm-hmm. and it, dude, it, it completely shattered my whole world and from that moment on i was like oh like i okay i get this um and so uh it was at that point that i like uh, so i think the next day or the following week i was in church uh playing guitar and i heard like four guys say faggot and i was like dude like fuck fuck this like i'm gone like Mm -hmm. i'm out of like i'm not willing to because the person that asked me that question was a gay person and from that moment on, I was like, I just kind of left all of that behind. And so when you ask me, how does it make me feel to have to bite my tongue about those things? I feel a lot of shame. Yeah. I like, like, like shame in the fact that I, I can't be honest with my family and, um, shame in the fact that like, I should have been doing it a long time ago, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, it's like shame in being a silent supporter. Like I've. I've supported, but I've never like shared publicly about my support Um, to also like, I'm very thankful that my close family and I share similar views, but I think that there's some other relatives that I have that live in more conservative states that I, I have one, I have the assumption that they feel a certain way and I need to have conversations with them because I could be assuming wrong, but also it's like, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to stir the pot and I don't want to upset anyone. Yeah. But now I'm like, nah, fucking stir this pot yeah. and let's, let's but, but see like, what comes out. Yeah. So when you ask me like, you know, how does it make me feel? Yeah, definitely like ashamed. But also I feel like now is now I, the like the things I want to say, like this is going to sound really weird, but like now I feel like 
I have the platform to say to those people, like in the things that I've been feeling for a while and like bottling up, um, you know, it's nothing like what's what you've experienced at all. Like it's not the same thing in any way, shape mm -hmm. or form, but I, I want to have those conversations because if I can change like one person's mind about the way they think about things, I feel like that that's a win, you know, and that's kind of yeah. how we move the ball forward. Exactly. For but, sure. Yeah. That's what it's, that's what it's been about for, for me is it's definitely like, I, I want to have these conversations now and I want to do it now, like not <laughs> wait anymore. So that's been great. It's, 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 I, I guess I, I asked that because, um, it's being, a great question. Being, being a person of color and having white friends, it's, it's difficult at times, even when, not at times, it's difficult often. Right. Especially when, you know, I've heard many comments like, oh, well, my dad just doesn't like black people or my, my sister doesn't like black people. Or, and the first thing that I'm thinking as a person of color is, well, what are you telling her? Like, what are you talking to her mm -hmm. about? Because if you're, again, even just going back to the quote from earlier, if you're not able to love me out loud, if you're not able to mm. express, share the truth of how you say you feel about me as your friend, as your boyfriend, as your classmate, as your roommate, as your fiance, as your brother, you know, now we live in, we live in the most connected time in, his, in human history. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, your roommate's black, your boyfriend's black, your, your, aunt's black, your nephew's black, your, you know, we, we live in such a connected, diverse time. You are touched by someone of color. Absolutely. You have someone in your thing, your circle, your, that is a person of color. And again, I guess, again, I question that. I, I ask that question because if you are not able to love me out loud all day, every day, and fight for me, because that is a part of love. If you're not able to fight for me, I, I mean, it, we gotta start, again, just unpacking these things. Like, mm -hmm. why do I feel shame for, for this? Like, why do I feel like I can't fight for what's right? Yeah. yeah. And I, so that I, no, and I, so I love that, like that, that, that honesty that like, because like that, that is, there is such power in that, like yeah. until we can lay it flat, we won't be able to build something new, yeah. you know, yeah. until we all just lay it out there, lay it flat and start talking truth. And when I and and not just again to the people who already get it, but to the people who don't. Yeah. Then you know we keep we keep making the joke that we just got to wait for our, our parents to die for us to get it right. Yeah. Like you know you keep hearing millennials yeah. say yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Like you fucked like, with the wrong generation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we yeah. gotta just wait for them to go to get it right. But no, yeah. we need to get it right today. Yeah. yeah, you know, no, we totally need to start agree. having those uncomfortable conversations, like like we're having tonight, and like yeah. you know, like you guys have said that you've been having with your friends and your family, and yeah. 
there's such power in that because nobody, I don't, nobody wants you to feel that kind, to feel shame. Like you shouldn't, you know, that, that also breaks my heart. You know, that we live in a world where you can't love your coworker out loud. You know, when you walk into a space and somebody says, um, you know, you work, you're working with a gay person. The fact that somebody would even challenge your love of your friend, your coworker, you know, is, the, you know, the fact that we all have to, to, yeah. to, to face that is sick. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, to, yeah. Like, it's no just, one should have to be put in that position where my, the love that I have for this person is, is that I have to even challenge that or, or, justify or even it, defend or, that yeah. or justify yeah. that to yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And it's and it's and it's hard too. I mean, like it's an age thing. So this reverence for your elders and you're like, you know, what? like I just like you're like, is it worth it? Like, am I going to be able to change this person's mind? And I think that the, like the switch, if I could if I could identify a visual switch, it's like silent or like oh, level 11 on fuck you. I think mm-hmm. I'm like 11, like a level 11 on fuck you. So, dude, I, Tony, I just. I just, I love you so much, man. And like that email was like, so like legitimately, like I I took a lot away from that and I just have so much respect for you. And I, I am, I love you guys too. I'm such a fan. Thank you so much for being with us today. I I really appreciate it. And the, I just want to quickly say before I forget the wonderful um, reference guide that we've mentioned is on our website and it will be also be linked in the show notes. If everybody, anybody wants to reference it, you can see the um, show notes and it'll, it'll be linked there. If you, uh, do you want to leave us with one last thought? Is there anything that you'd like people to know about you or, or any movement that you're working with or, or anything like that? Where can you send people? Um, you know what? I just want to say, um, cause I'm, I'm gonna keep reiterating this until the day I die. We have to continue to get comfortable being uncomfortable with topics like this. We have to continue to take responsibility for these conversations and the fact that we all need to be involved in this conversation. This is all of our legacy at stake. Every single one of us, this is not a black issue. We need to all take responsibility for our legacies and move forward the right way. Yeah. Tony, thank you so much. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you very, very much. We love you very much. I love you all. Thank you so much for this. Thank you yeah. for inviting yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very thankful that we have people in our lives that we can, um, one, have open, honest conversations with, and two, help give a little bit more of a platform for you to to share your voice. And I hope that you feel heard and that um, you feel supported by us. Thank and you. yeah. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Thank you. I'm stealing conversation. It's about to go down.